If you're seeing this video, it means either you're a newcomer to project management or your existing project manager. Either way, we're going to talk about 10, and I do mean 10, top terms every aspiring project manager should know. Now, here's the caveat I want to make you sure. I want to let you know that these are definitely subjective, but these are some of the things that when I was getting started and in, in, the, in the realm of project management and I was hearing these, these terminologies, I was like, what is that? What are you saying? So family, come take a ride with me, walk with me and talk with me. My name is ED for all you smart and intelligent folks out there. That just simply means Ed. The first one in this 10 point framework, and I normally have an eight point framework, but are these 10 points that I want to get out is project charter. Listen, a project charter is a formal documentation that authorizes the project defines the scope, budget, schedule, and stakeholders at a high level. Also, it's supposed to authorize the project manager. Now, I've seen it, uh, you know, go both ways, but again, you know, technically it should be the uh, document that authorized the actual project manager. This is the funny story, family. So, one day I, I was again aspiring to be a project manager the guy said hey uh can i see your your wbs i said what is that a w who he said your wbs i said what is a wbs he was like you don't know what a wbs is i was like uh no um i mean i'll google it and, and see he was like man your work breakdown structure i was like oh you're talking about the thing with the boxes and the things with the hierarchical uh like breakdown and it breaks it down from the, the the you talking about that thing yeah let me let me uh let me walk you through that and show you what i got and it was just a funny exchange and i said you know what next time he come to me i won't never i'll make sure i have that that answer when he says what WBS, uh, WBS is. Point number two, which is WBS. What that stands for is work breakdown structure. Basically, it's a decomposition at a hierarchical uh, standpoint that decomposes project into smaller, more manageable tasks. And it's also used to uh, help you, assist you when creating the project schedule, as well as the uh, budget, because you have control accounts in there. I won't get too in detail in that. I did do a video on the work breakdown structure. It is an amazing document, but caveat, I guess that's going to be my new, or I could say message, uh, WBS cannot be applied to every project. Now, I know I'm going to have some haters say, yeah, it, it can be, but honestly, it can. Um, I've, and, and the only reason why I say that, because I had that same ideology, I would say, yeah, you put a WBS with everything and it help you, you know, drive a project. However, there, there are certain projects that I've come across that it didn't make sense to have a WBS. And I'm gonna give you some, some more proper context because either the project was, was too small and I mean small enough where we were turning it around extremely fast or it was more of a certification type project in which there were the, the moving pieces didn't align with trying to break it down into a WBS. It made, it made sense to put it on a different artifact. Maybe, maybe if I get some comments, I'll explain what that artifact is, but let's move on. To, to point number three, risk. Listen, a risk is the event that could have impact on the project's success. It's important to identify and assess risk early 
I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it in my DMX voice early uh, <laughs> in the project, so you can develop mitigation uh, strategies. You know, family, what I've learned uh, through my uh, decade of uh, of doing project management, it's so funny when if if you don't have a good solid PMO or uh, a good a group of people that really understand project management, and you put a risk down, it's like it's like all chaos, and you're like, well, no. Um, it's just a risk. We have a mitigating control, and if it flips into an issue, then we'll definitely make sure that we address it appropriately. But we are planning ahead. That's the whole point of identifying risk so we can ensure it or understand kind of what we need to do if this potentially happens. All right, I'm sorry, family. Let's move on to point number four. Stakeholder. This is a term that you really want to understand. Now, okay, what is stakeholder, ED? Stakeholder is anyone that could be, that's interested in the project's outcome. It's funny because people don't really realize, they'll, they'll, they won't even think of people that should be part of a, uh, the stakeholder group, meaning uh, they'll, they'll meet with other people, and sit, uh, other people instead of including uh, the actual res actual resources that need to be part of that. Let me clean that up. Let me let me clean that up. What I mean by that is, family, is that let's say you don't go grab Sally and John because you're like, oh, we won't we won't need them. They're in uh, they're in accounting, but you know you may not know that uh, Sally is the one that actually orders the equipment that you need because she's running a dual role, and that's why it's important to I always say get everybody in the room and then start making a decision if this stakeholder uh, is going to be, is, has a interest in the actual pro outcome of the project. And that could be, like I said, employees, manager, external customers from your suppliers or vendors. So family is important and imperative that you actually do that. Let's move on to point number five. Change management. Hey, listen, change as they say is in inevitable. What does that mean? Well, change manages a process of basically managing changes to the project's triple constraint, in my uh, humble opinion, which is scope, schedule, budget, as well as quality or any other aspects. Change management, when you have a, a, a solid change management board in place, it really uh, supports your projects from getting in. And reason why I say that, because in a, when you have a great change management in place, documentation is going to be conversation. Documentation is going to be conversation. I, and the only reason why I said that t uh, twice is because it's true. When you have a good CAB, what they call change management board, you'll be able, they will make sure that you document what are you going to do? What's your, what's your go forward plan? What if this doesn't work? What's your fallback plan? And then and, then, and who's the resources we need to contact if we can't get a hold of you? So again, family, a good change management board or just change management in general is definitely, you know, as we say, change is inevitable on a, I say inedible, <laughs> sound like an edible. No, anyway, but inevitable on a particular project. Uh, funny story. So uh, this, this guy was like, hey, have you ever worked with the PMO? I said, what did you just call me? No, no. he said, no, no. And he's like, no, Ed, you being funny. I was like, no, I'm not. What did you just call me? He said, no. I, he said, the P, he said, have you ever worked with the PMO? I said, oh, you're talking about the project management office? Yeah, I've, wor I've worked. I've, I've actually built PMOs. He was like, really? 
And I was just messing with him because I knew what it is. But the next term here, family, is PMO. You want to understand what a PMO does. See, a PMO is a project management office. It's a central unit within an organization that sets the project management standards and practice. You know I'm coming with the message. Message, when you're building, if you are someone that is part of building out a PMO or you're already currently leading a PMO, my recommendation, right or wrong, just what I was thinking of at the time is, Ensure that you get engaged with the project managers to understand how projects are being led so you can be able to build out better standards and practices. I know, I know what you're thinking, ED. You're trying to be a smart addict. No, I'm not. I'm just being honest is that that was one of the things that I learned as when I was building out a PMO. I understand the certain requirements because not all requirements for the PMO is required for a certain project. As they say, what makes a project unique is it's unique. So a project doesn't have a uh, basic, it has a start and end date and it's unique. If that's the point, then why wouldn't we want to work with our project managers to understand uh, their project and how we can ensure that we're protecting them as well as putting standards and practices in place that support, because that's the key word, support uh, that particular individual. Let's move on to point number seven milestone now listen i've seen people say hey this is a milestone no it's not it's a task what do you mean ed let's see a milestone is a significant point in the project timeline to actually track progress so it, when you see people uh, creating tasks and you're like okay is this a task or is this a milestone i'll repeat it again milestone is a significant point in a project timeline to track progress i probably don't need to say no more on that Point number eight. Now, this one always gets a lot of people. It even gets me from time to time. It makes me to go back and do my homework because somebody say, well, I want to know if it's on the critical path. And you're like, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, what, uh, what, what, what objects, I mean, like, what is it? Let me unpack what critical path is. Critical path is the sequence of tasks that determines the project's shortest duration. So if you've ever heard someone say, oh, is that, you know, is, is that going to be on the critical path? You're gonna, you, you, now that you've listened to this video, you, your eyebrows might go up just like mine. They're like, what? What are you talking about? We mislabel critical paths sometimes, family, and it's okay, but it's not okay. And that's why we have to, <clears throat> we have to continually correct ourselves. It is, again, the sequence of task that determines the project's shortest duration. What that translate is saying, hey, what are these tasks that allow me get to, to be able to finish faster or shorter uh, in duration? A critical path is, I've heard it from, oh, is that on the critical path? And you're like, um, what uh, is on the critical path? Is it, a, is it one of the tasks that's aligned, that's sequenced with the other task that's gonna provide the shortest duration? So you gotta be, you gotta make sure you're 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 cautious with that family. You don't want to sound, you know, you come across very. Uh, how, I'm trying to look for the word uh, disrespectful, but you can say it respectfully, respectfully. So again, I'm gonna say it again, family, because I hear this terminology misused a lot. Again, it's the sequence of tasks that determines the project's shortest duration. Point number nine. Project scope. Listen, I just want to know, hey, what's what's included, what's not? You, you see how simple that is? I think we, we make it too hard. The scope is what is included. What do you want to do? That's what you want to do? All right, we're going to lock it in. 
If anything outside of what we've agreed on as the scope, we need to go through the change management board and update the, the scope and do a change. Again, what's included, what's not included. What's not included, hey, maybe we can put on a, a backlog or something of that nature to uh, maybe uh, address it later, saying, hey, maybe we can add it if we see it makes sense to add it to this project, we will. If not, then we're not going to do it. We can put it in our lessons learned and saying, hey, we came up with some ideals and we documented it in our lesson learned. The final point, and the reason why I use this, again, I said if I was able to, to remix the Iron Triangle, this particular item would be there. I wouldn't call it this. I would probably call it resource constraint. But today's, but, but in today's video, the, the actual number point is resource allocation is effectively assigning and managing people, time, and material. You know, the reason why I said I would want to add that to the Iron Triangle is because of the fact that I am noticing with projects is that uh, there I'm seeing more resource constraints. And it's not because the resources are not there, but it's they're being pulled in various areas on top of working their day-to-day. Resource constraints has to be tightened up better. We have to lead better. I hope you enjoyed today's video. I've been your boy ED. Until next time, by the way, if you haven't picked you up a copy, pick up the book, The Magnetic Project Manager, and su support the channel. I appreciate it. Until next time, I'm out.